Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 48 of the Jetman with the Golden Gun, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Chojin Sentai Jetman. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Not bad, man. Summer's winding, winding to its inevitable close. I didn't have a joke on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I thought, nope. you were, I thought you were... I no, thought no, you were no. That would have some, been... Inject some levity into this podcast, but I guess we'll just start off with the inevitable heat death of the universe. I like to keep it... I like to keep it grounded, Matt. Well, Dave, uh, things things in Jetman have gotten a little a little bleak, a little raw, as we discussed last week. So maybe maybe it is best that we don't get everyone's yeah, spirits boy, too high before Did... we get into this episode. Speaking, Dave, of this episode, <laughs> it's episode 48. It is called A Kiss That Calls Death. And I'm very much looking forward to watching it with you. But Dave, before we do that, it is time, once more, for our officially award-winning opening segment. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. And would you like to know what the first star is today? Sure, Matt. Oh, I appreciate you being open to it. Uh, <laughs> Dave, today today the first star is that, not today, actually not even yesterday, uh, but two days ago uh, when we recorded this, uh, August the 1st, it was my birthday, and we did Happy a birthday, birthday thing. Matt. Thank you. I am 32 years old. Or, uh, you know, 32, it was 32 good. years 30, young, no. if you, uh, you 30, know. I won't. I, I won't and I don't. 32 was good. 32 was a good year for me. It was a very good year. Uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed 32 quite a bit. I, I hope to do the same. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, the first half of it was spent on an airplane, which was kind of lame. Um, of your actual birthday, not no of my of actual being birthday. thirty-two, not of being that would be a long flight. It's a long. That can't be safe. Uh, no, so yeah, the the first half of my birthday, I was on a plane, and unfortunately, I had taken Frontier Airlines, which is a perfectly serviceable, affordable flight. Uh, that if you happen to be sitting on that plane for longer than three hours, uh, don't 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 do it. Just I've never been on. Just don't wait. Okay, you've you've Matt, you've presented a reader with a really listener with a really tough problem, which is if they're already doing something, don't. So the way off of that is to just like I, I guess they could stand the rest of the flight or jump out of the plane. I guess. I mean, those are those are two options. Uh, a third option is to just think ahead. I guess. Anyway, Frontier is like the seats don't recline. It's one of those airplanes. Oh, like man. not even at all. The tray tables are about the size of like the Nintendo Wii U gamepad. That's what we're looking at. Wow, that's mm, that is rough. Uh, anyway, so that was the first half of my birthday. Uh, flying Dude, the friendly the last skies. Time, last time I had to fly, I flew Delta. I'm pretty sure. And dude, I think we actually may have. I think it may have shown up on this show. Flying Delta is sick. Like it's super cool. They've got, there's like movies in the back of the seats in front of you and stuff. It's good. You should fly Delta next time. Dude, Frontier doesn't even have somewhere to plug your phone in. It is not going to have a screen. <laughs> Dude, there was there was straight up like an ashtray in the bathroom. And like a little sticker on it that says don't use this. But that's how old the plane was. But like, you know, yeah, right. It's just like, guys, this is, we didn't realize. 
We thought it was cool. It's not. You can't we thought this ashtray. We thought these ashtrays would be forever. Um, anyway, so that's how I spent my birthday. Half of it was on a plane. Uh, then I got some burritos for lunch with our folks who were in town. Then I went over to your place and we chilled and had a great night. So yeah, yeah. It's not a you know it's not a super exciting uh, star. It was just a, a nice birthday time. You did. You got some cool presents. I think, like, I like the present that I got you, but the coolest present is actually the present that you got for yourself. That was tough for the rest of us to keep up with, I feel like. Oh, that is true. For my birthday this year, uh, I commissioned a pe- Twitter panel uh, friend of the show. Uh, she's a pal, and it's our show, so sure. Uh, Shannon Maynard uh, drew a picture of me with a squirtle that I commissioned from her, and dudes, uh, you should check that out. It's it's tremendous. I mean, listen, Shannon Maynard, if you want to be on the show, you can be on the show. Like, that'd be rad. Just, you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, sure. Just, uh, you know, hit us up. But you have not yet been. (laughs) And so the terminology is difficult to pin down. It's a tough Uh, one to parse. And listen, I'm trying to parse. Parsing is one of the things that I am good at. It just so happens that I'm running into a little difficulty right now. Uh, anyway, so that was my birthday. I got a lamp. Dave, you got me some cool video games. Um, I did. And I am in the stage of my life where a cool lamp and some fun video games are equally exciting to me. I feel like that really defines 32 pretty well. That's a really... Wow, man. Yeah. Like your birthday presents. Video games, cool lamp, poke portrait. That's a really excellent snapshot of a particular style of 32-year-old, I think. Uh, yeah, so... Happy birthday to me. It was great. Dave, what is our second star of the week? Okay, so my church just bought a new building, which, great, right? So sure. So we bought this building, and we bought it. It's not like a, a, a church building. It's just a building, right? It's just like, it's, it's effectively a big rectangle. Um, it's very not fancy looking. Gotcha. And we're redoing the kitchen because the kitchen was a mess. And, oh my gosh, so the people who owned it before us, as far as I can tell, their version of renovation just involved, like, it was like a very visual renovation. And by okay. visual, I mean, it only affected what you could immediately see. Like, okay. no. Okay. <laughs> so, like, like instead of like, doing actual repairs, they just did, like, a cosmetic thing and then it hosted, was, yeah, like... It, I, I feel like was, that's not even doing a repair. I feel like that's the secret. Like, you're putting the repair that you actually want, like, out into the world. It's like the power of positive thinking. If I just, like, fake it till I make it and show the world that this is how I want the kitchen to look, then eventually it'll just be that way. Like, it was all, like, okay, so they fixed it enough that it was, like, usable, but not, uh... But not right, if you know what I'm saying. So we were like, okay, well, the floor needs to be taken up. Like, we got to take, okay, sorry. Let me start with the walls. We look at the walls. We're like, okay, there's some problems with the walls. And we start to look at the walls. And it turns out that they're basically, like, they're okay. But they've got, like, all sorts of problems. And so we, we just tear the walls out. Right? Like, we go down okay. to the rafters. We put up all new drywall. We start to tear the floor up. Because we're like, the tile is old and it needs to be replaced. We start to tear the floor up. And it turns out there's, first of all, there's a secondary floor underneath that. that like, they had just okay. they had just covered the tile with new tile. Like, they didn't take the tile up. It was just, yeah. So, two tile, two layers deep. So, we get that up. 
And then underneath, there is one section of the floor that is covered with uh, boards, all right? Okay. Which is like, we're looking at it, we're like, why is this covered with boards? The rest of the floor isn't covered with boards, and it's not the subfloor. Like, we can see that. So we start to pull up the sub, we pull up this, like, second, this this floor, and we get all the way down to, like, the subfloor that's, like, underneath all that other stuff. And it uh-huh. is literally, okay, so first of all, it's just covered in, it's not exactly cardboard, but you know, okay, if you ever bought shelves from Ikea, you know yeah. the stuff, or like like pre, like press board shelves, the, uh, the stuff that's on the back, like it's not exactly cardboard, but it's like kind of cardboard, you know what oh, I'm yeah, saying? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, so underneath these boards is just that, covering giant Holes that have rotted out of the subfloor. <laughs> and like, it was it was okay. Like, it was safe. But they hadn't actually fixed. And you know that they saw it because it was covered in this like weird cardboard. But they had never actually fixed it. They were just like, ah, just put some cardboard on there and put some more beams on it. Like, it'll be fine. And it wasn't wow. like dangerous. <laughs> it wasn't like dangerous, but it was like, really? Guys, uh, like a bunch of the kitchen appliances were hardwired in, which is, okay. sorry, um, like the garbage disposal, it didn't have a plug, they had just hardwired it. So like when we tried to take the disposal out, like you can't take it out. You just need to, I mean, you can, you just have to like turn the power off and like sever the wires because <laughs> they didn't want to install a plug. They just were like, ah, just like jam it in there. So... I think, I mean, I'm on summer vacation, right? So I've been helping out a lot. And it's just like every time, and it drives me nuts because this is the whole story of home ownership, I think. Because I've had this at my other, my houses before. And I just wish, I wish we had it as like a cultural policy that once you've bought a place, like it's already purchased, you bought it, like you, you, whatever it is, you bought it as is. I just wish that people would give you a list. Like just... Listen, you got oh, yeah, me. Like I the, didn't the catch it. The honest walkthrough. Right, the honest walkthrough. Like, I already bought it, dude. It's mine. I can't, like, sue you about it now or whatever. I just, just let me know. Just let me know so I'm not surprised later. I'll just fix it. I'll just fix it. Right, but they like, didn't you, do you that. Will, you don't recognize this yet, and you won't see it for another six months. But, like, as soon as it is November, there is one wall that is just completely messed up. And like right. it won't ruin your life. It's just going to be like mildly unpleasant until it gets fixed. Right? Like my dude, just let me know. I already bought it. Just let me know. So uh, that's what I've been up to for a bunch of time this week. What, Matt, is our third? It's our third and fourth star. I sometimes get lost into how deep I'm willing to commit to the fiction that we don't necessarily talk about these stars ahead of time. I mean, I, I we have... So many times, uh, part of that particular curtain to let people know that we have a list uh, every time before we start recording. Um, I think every episode, <laughs> I start with the idea that we are going to pretend that it is not written down. And it just, yeah, sorry, it's fallen apart on me real hard this episode. But Matt, why don't you tell our listeners about our super fun third and fourth stars? Dave, well, the, 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 the third star of the week... Is that as I had mentioned previously, I had I was on a plane, and that was not the first right. plane I was on. That was my plane coming back. My initial plane is I was flying out to Denver for a long weekend. Ah, the city of the mountains. 
Yes, the good old Mountain City. Mountain City, USA. Our, that's what they call it. As the, the people call it. The the tall, tall city. city Nestled of, uh, in the stony arms of the of the Rockies. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure. Clearly, so I, we know clearly we know all the lore of Denver. Um, yeah. So I went out to Denver. It was a family reunion, which you are unfortunately unable to attend. Um, uh, yeah. Which is why I'm telling you about it now. Otherwise, I'm no, sure we would have discussed uh, it previously. No, I wanted to go. I was bummed. Couldn't do it. Hey, man. We can't do everything. Um, so. But I, I was able to go, which was wonderful because I'd never been. And uh, I mean, a lot of the weekend was hanging out with family, which was great, but not like particularly interesting to our listeners, I suspect. Um, unless you're <laughs> well, like Uncle, really Uncle Bill's interested. a funny guy. Yeah, you know, unless you're like really interested in a conversation I had with my uncle. Um, but here is a thing that I did while in Denver is we took a drive out to Colorado Springs area and we went to a national park called the Garden of the Gods. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. That's, oh, that's I haven't right, been there in like 15 years. I was going to say, you went there out in uh, high school, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of high school people drove out to like visit some friends. Uh, it's gorgeous. It's stunning. It's so it's like up in the mountains. But there are these particular, like, huge red rock formations that yes! are just jutting out of the ground. It's like, guys, just look up some pictures of this. Like, just do yourself a favor and Google it. Um, it is stunning. I don't really have a lot to say about it. I just want everyone to know that this place exists. You're if you're just... ever, like, even remotely close, you should go look at it because these mountains are gorgeous, apparently. Listen, dude, you're blown away by the majesty of nature. You didn't Listen, even have dude, jokes on that. I we, dig majesty. We, we can have we can have a moment of sincerity, Matt. We're human beings. We're not joke machines. It's just stunning. It's just gorgeous. Just go see it. Right. Now you may have mistaken us for joke machines because of our I'm gonna say ninety nine point five uh percent hit ratio on hilarity. Which yeah. I think is uh conservative. That's fair. That's yeah. absolutely fair to say of us that we so you may have forgotten that we're real humans with uh, emotions, but uh, yeah, it was stunning and breathtaking, and you should all go look at some pretty rocks sometimes. So, Matt, uh, speaking of being real humans with real emotions that are really into real things, really, what is our fourth star of the week? Dave, our fourth star of the week is that Denver is lousy with Pokemon. <laughs> um... <laughs> And like, I was, okay, here is the true fact, is I was excited to go see our family. I was excited to go look at the majesty of the mountains. I'm going to say, like, not half as excited, but, like, there was a significant portion. like A, a non-zero a, a, percent. Exactly. A non-zero percent uh, that was super excited to go out to Colorado because I knew I was going to be able to get some Pokemon. And, like, the Pokemon that I cannot find around here for the life of me. So, like, so I was there, there really for is. a couple of days... And I just got so many Geodudes. I got Geodudes so, okay. on Geodudes on Geodudes. I've got a Graveler so now. That's how many Geodudes I found. There is really, like, a substantive difference. Like, it matters where you are. It matters where you are, like, crazy. Like, there was just stuff out there that I never see here. Um, I mean, there are flukes. You will find a Geodude around here. But out there, they are just everywhere. Geodudes, Growliths, uh, Ponytas. I'm one Ponyta away from a Rapidash, and I'm probably never going to find another Ponyta for the rest of my life uh, until I go somewhere else that is, like, you know, central and near a mountain or a desert. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you'll, you'll find one. Just go someplace real hot. 
I got mankeys for days now. Um, yeah. So again, not not a whole lot to talk about there. Just if you happen to be there looking at those gorgeous rocks, just like pull out that Pokemon Go and check it out. Those rocks will be there when you put your phone down. Get those Geodudes. <laughs> so Dave, what is our fifth and final star of the week? So our fifth star of the week, Matt, is the Olympics. The Olympics opening ceremony is this Friday. Oh, and so excited. I am deeply conflicted. Hey, man. Okay, listen. I also am deeply conflicted because, of course, the Olympic Committee is um, a terrible, terrible just, organization. No, no, no. They've always been. I have no problem with that. They've always been terrible. Everybody knows that. I'm just really concerned about the Olympians. Like, it's dangerous, man. Hey, hey man. Like, hey, Rio man. is not prepared. Hey, man. Listen, it'll, um, it'll be good. Dude, just, I hope so. Just give them the benefit. Listen, uh, give them the same benefit of the doubt that we wanted people to give us when the RNC was in Cleveland. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Cleveland also not infested with Zika virus. Listen, okay, just that's saying. true. Listen, I'm willing to give you that. Sure. <laughs> I'm just Cleveland. saying. We're not infested with Zika virus. <laughs> you know, that's part of the new slogan, because we're really trying to, like, ride to this wave of uh, national <laughs> of, attention. Of national. <laughs> you know, 2016 NBA champs, champs all year. Um, you know, the RNC went without major incident, and we don't have the Zika not virus here. With Zika virus. No, but I do. I love the Olympics. I love the Olympics so much. And I'm not generally a big uh, sports guy. Just, you know, it's not always my jam. But I love international competition. Yeah, like the anything big where international it's like, competitions. I yeah, love. dude. Anything where it's like our country versus your country, I'm a hundred percent down. Did you know that so, Michael Phelps is competing again this year? I am kind of amazed about that. I legitimately I wonder, thought he had retired from competition. I mean, like he is a year younger than me, so it's not like he's old. Uh, but you know, like he's been in the Olympics since the year two thousand. I was gonna say for. Wait, if this, this is, is his, what, fifth Olympics? Fifth games, yeah. So it's what? Fifth games. Oh, no, I guess because it's, yeah, it's 16 years. But still, that's crazy. No, it's madness. I um, wonder if he's just, like, at this point, if he's just trying super hard to, like, full-on cement that, like, an untouchable title of, like, gold-winningest Olympian of all time or right. whatever. I mean, he already is that thing, but I, maybe he's just trying to, like, get out ahead right. of the next guy. I was going to say, if he can, if he can like, get out one or two more, I don't know. I don't know how good Michael Phelps, like, still is. I mean, probably pretty good, right? I mean, he's, he's still like on the Olympics. Um, so, so, yeah. So, good luck, Michael Phelps and all our other fine American athletes. And listen, to our all our international listeners, you know we love you. We know, we know you. We, we do. You know that we appreciate you coming with us on this journey and being our pals and listening every week. Uh, really, 100%. It's, it's great. I love sort of looking at the map of downloads and seeing all the people from outside the country, uh, our country, that is, that listen to the show. Uh, you yep, are that being, you are loved and appreciated. However, that being said, that being said for the next two weeks, um, you know, just watch yourself. Okay. USA! We're coming for you. We're coming for you. And you need to watch yourself. That's all I'm saying. I love you. I love you and I respect you. But you do need to watch, watch yourself, yourself because we are coming for you. Okay? Okay. Um, and with that, Dave, 
Uh, it is time for episode 48. It is a kiss called death, and we will be right back. All right, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 48 of Chojin Sentai Jetman, A Kiss That Calls Death. Dave, how are you feeling? I'm, I feel fine, man. I was all right with that episode. On a scale of one to raw, that was a... Um, that was a smackdown. That, like that was a solid medium. And that was, was a, a great medium, WWE medium, joke that you just well. skipped over. And I, want, I just want you to appreciate that you missed some gold there, and that's fine. It's totally fine. But you I was doing that, some gold. I was doing a steak joke, Matt. Your thing was better. We should have gone with the raw joke. So you know, I think that was a it was a fun episode. It was good when you sorry, dude. I was like ramped up because after last week's episode, when you said that it just got crazier from there, I was expecting this wasn't so bad. This was well, all right. Okay, that is true. This is also part one of a two parter. Ooh, okay, yeah, no, that's a real good point. Did not think about that. Okay, uh, so, so just let's... So keep, that, keep that in your back pocket for next week. Okay, so we open this episode up. Maria is in the viral dimension, and she's training. She's got like a whole crowd of Grinham soldiers around her. And she says, anybody that manages to hurt me, I'll make you a commander. So maybe the Grinham soldiers are sentient? Maybe they're sentient robots? I don't you know. know. It, ra- it raises a lot of questions because this actually isn't the first time that we've seen something like this. If you remember in the um, the hairdryer dimension episode, remember they said to the Grinham soldiers, hey, if any one of you can like murder the Jetman or the hairdryer dimension, That's I will like, right. put a bio-dimensional like, a bug on you. you and you will become like the new giant monster and like destroy the city and it'll be great for you. That's right. So I guess yeah, like, I don't know what's up with these guys. Also, I do not know what like the chain of command is in uh, the Virum commanders because there are four of them. Um, and I guess now Radigat is more in charge three. than he used to be. Uh, yeah, but now there's three, three of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, there are there definitely are, three. There, there are were definitely four. only three. Uh, but that number has been reduced. Um, but I guess that Maria has like, I don't know how she has the authority to just turn a Grinham soldier into like have them replace Tranza. That Dude, seems like I don't a really know. Weird uh, bureaucracy. Maybe it's like she'll, there'll be a commander of the Grinham soldiers, not like a Viram commander. You'd be like a lieutenant. You know what I'm saying? Listen, that's man, all, all I'm I got. saying. All I'm saying is that she she used the word commander, and so I am willing to believe that if one of these things were able to hurt her, she would have like put Trans's goofy like headdress on it and tried to just treat it as though Transa was still around. <laughs> well, Maria seems troubled right now, so Radigat walks up and he basically gives us some attitude about training. He's it's like it doesn't matter. You're never going to beat the Jetman. You're not strong enough. Uh, nothing you do will will work. Right. And, and she training says, against these scrubs is not going to make like yeah. help you improve at all. <laughs> and I really expected her to be like, "Curse you, Radigat!" Like, "I'll oh, whatever." But <laughs> she just says, "Yeah, I know, I know." But you're just, so strong. I want to. Right. You like, clearly you, have gotten way stronger, you, which is not where I expected that conversation to go. But the thing is, yeah, because now Radigat is way stronger. He's stronger than he used to be. He's stronger than Emperor Transa was. Right. Well, I 
I think, and this is the vibe that I get, I think it's because he absorbed all that energy from Veronica, the giant robot Veronica. Like yeah, that seems that, to be the case. That it's is that the, same what I've red been going lightning. Off of. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So he says, Do you want to be stronger? And she says, Yes, I'll do anything. Like I just have to be more powerful. And he says, Man, I could grant you, I could do that for you. I could help you become more powerful. And then you would be a queen. And the very strong, like, sort of creepy vibe here is like, you would be my queen. Like, you would be so beautiful and you would be my powerful queen, right? Uh-huh. Get it, get it, get it. And she's, and it's fun because, like, she's clearly not into being his evil queen, but she does really she, want oh, that power. She wants, that, wants it so bad. So he says, here's what you have to do. You have to accept, this is a quote, just clear. This is not Dave paraphrase. This is, he says this. He says, you must accept my holy blood. And then he squeezes his hand real hard and bleeds into a cup. It's real weird. It's a real weird moment. Jetman. Yeah. And then, okay, and then what happens is that blood turns into like, a weird little thing that looks like halfway between like a starfish and a sand dollar. And I was just, just going to say the side of her neck. It just says sand dollar all through my notes. It's an evil sand dollar, except it's pentagonal instead of round. And it like flies up and yeah, it attaches to her neck. And it hurts a bunch, I guess. She likes yeah, I mean, listen, I've it. never had an evil like blood sucking uh, sand dollars stuck to my neck. So I can't speak to this from like personal experience, but just from what I saw on the show, it looks like a bad time. I legit have no idea what a sand dollar actually is. Like, no joke. I don't know what it... All I know is that it's a shell of some kind. Uh, Dave, I, I really wish I could help you, but I am realizing in this moment, uh, this is this is happening in real time, I have also just realized that I don't know what a sand dollar is. Just no idea. I'm trying so to look thank it up you. real fast. Uh, thank you for uh, exposing that weakness. <laughs> um, okay, let's just move on from that. To sand a place- dollars, Matt. Like all members of the order Cleopestioridea, possess a rigid skeleton. The test oh, called known as a test. The test consists of calcium carbonate plates arranged in a fivefold radial pattern. Oh, a radial pattern. Yeah. Well, I'll be. You know, you, you learn something new every day, even if you expressly say that you do not want to learn that thing. Oh, I miss Sometimes that Sometimes that thing's just coming for you, and there's <laughs> nothing you can do. Okay, so from Sometimes there... Sometimes the knowledge train is coming into the station, and you just don't have a choice. You ever try to stop a train? Train's big, dude. It is. So <laughs> he bleeds into a cup. It turns into an evil sand dollar. We go from there to sand dollars on the beach, living happy sand dollar lives in the ocean, weirdly. It's a weird take for Jetman. I did not expect them to do that, but they did. And then we go from there to Sky Camp. So we're in Sky Camp, and Ryu is dressing up in a suit. He's in front of a mirror. He's tying a tie. Looks real nice. Akko and Kauri walk in, and I think they're like carrying bags of groceries. Yeah, I couldn't tell. They're carrying bags of something. And uh, which I guess, I mean, I guess that makes sense. They hang out there all the time. I mean, Kauri has her own house, but. Also, they do not have a staff, clearly. So somebody's got to do grocery shopping, and you know it ain't the chief. Oh, no, no. The chief is too busy training and doing paperwork and doing computer paperwork. Yeah. So they walk in. They've got these 
bags of groceries, and they're like, oh, wow, Ryu, what are you doing? You look super fancy, like blah, 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 blah. And Kaori says, like, wait, are you going on a date? Like, what's going on? And Akko says, Ryu, have you forgotten Rie? Like, like she says it, she seems sort of excited, like, oh, good, you're finally forgetting Rie. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure. I thought she was slightly affronted, but also, to Akko, there is no danger of that happening. That's Akko, not, you're, it's fine. no ability to read the room. <laughs> Like, so hey, Kauri, oh, this is this is great. You're getting dressed up and going on a date. You've finally forgotten Rie. You know your dead fiance. You know the one that we're currently trying to fight. You know the one that's like your one true love, and you go and visit her grave all the time, like literally last week. Uh, <laughs> that one. Oh, good. You're finally forgetting about her. This is good. Fantastic. It's good that you're finally good. abandoning your one you true gotta, love. You gotta get back out there, Rio. You got it, you know, why do we fall off the horse so we can get back on, right? Or something? So, yeah. Kauri does manage. <laughs> Ka- <laughs> Akko, also Alfred. So, Kauri hits Akko, because she's that's an insane thing to say to another human being. And Ryu says, oh, it's a birthday party. I'm going to a birthday party. But he's clearly super sad. Right, and by the way, the pause that Dave put in there is also like what Ryu said in my notes. Like, there is a big pause. Like, I'm going to a birthday party for you know a person, like a friend. I think is what he says. I I don't remember. So we go from there, and we just see this dude, and he's driving, just a rando driving, and a lady like walks. It's nighttime. A lady walks out in front of his car. She collapses. She's dressed in like a like a, a fancy red dress and a big hat. It's Maria. The dude runs over. Sorry, we don't know it's Maria yet. The dude runs over and he's like, oh man, lady, are you okay? And she sort of looks up and reaches towards him. And he kind of, he crouches down and like gives her a hug is what it looks like. And now we find out, oh, it's Maria. Also, Maria is a vampire now. Oh yeah. By the way, Maria is a vampire now. Maria yeah, is a so- crazy vampire now. <laughs> And so for the first time in this like, episode, I think that she has, tr- like, it seems as though she has traded her, like, vampire powers for her ability to speak, like, a classic Little Mermaid situation. Because yeah, for the she first half say, of this episode, she's strange. So she's a vampire now, and she goes into, like, bite on this dude. We go back to the Viren Dimension real quickly, and Radiga is somehow, like, aware or watching, like, he knows that this is happening. And he says, oh, if she drinks enough human blood, like she'll become more powerful and she will become a demon beast. Uh, Gray, is fu- Gray is furious about this because yeah, he's got this thing, right? He's got this thing for, for Maria. Right. And Radigat is really just like, ah, I told her that she would get more powerful if she did this thing. And that's true. <laughs> but she's also this, going to turn into like a mindless demon monster. Right. This dumb idiot. So we flashback Maria. We see the sand dollar like pulses or something. And we she is 100% wearing like, I swear to you, they look like dollar store toy fangs. Oh, yeah. And then it just could not yeah. have cost more than a dollar. And then her eyes glow. She's got like big glow, like her, her eyes glow. That's it. Okay. 
Okay, so, so I know I said that this episode is not super raw. I forgot about this scene that we're oh, about forget, to see. Dave, did you forget about the fun birthday party that Ryu goes to? Sure did. So, okay, so oh, here's... Crazy. There's there's wine, there's cake, there are candles. It's a real, it's a real great dinner. Yeah, he had a but cake I'm, made. Honestly, he had a cake made, actually. And it's, it's decorated, he's got, like, even. It's decorated, and in frosting, it says, Happy birthday, Rie. Yup. Weird thing. Ryu is throwing a one-man birthday party for his dead fiance. Now, there's a, I was going to say, there's a couple of weird things about this cake and this party. First of all, the cake says happy birthday in English and then Rie in Japanese. Like in uh, kanji or hiragana or katakana or whichever, uh, I believe whichever it alphabet is, it was. I believe it is katakana man. Thank you, thank you. I think like so. I, said, I, I I dropped out of my second semester of Japanese, um, so I remember the names of the, the alphabets, uh, but not what they look like. Right. So, anyways, anyways so it so says the, Happy Birthday, Rie. Now, the other weird thing about this birthday party is that Rie obviously is not there, and so Ryu is sitting with all of this stuff in a suit at an empty table, talking to a chair. He has he has poured wine for her. Oh, also the rest of the rest the restaurant is completely empty because I don't know why. But he has poured wine for her and he is talking to her and it's just like, dude, like Ryu, I man, I don't get it. God forbid that I should ever be in such a situation as Ryu. I mean that's a very like, specific situation, Dave. Hey, that's a very specific you know what I'm saying. But like, man, dude, that is heavy. That is heavy to drop in a kid's show, so, Jetman. So Rie appears in the empty chair, you know, his sort of yeah. like hallucinatory memory of Rie that he talks exactly. to sometimes. Yep. And they she says... To, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, she's like, oh, thank you for what a, such a great birthday, Ryu. Maybe we can do this again next year. And Ryu is like, yes, absolutely. Like, I swear that by next year... We will be together. Because it's weird. He sees her there and he's imagining her. But it's not like he knows she's not there. He's talking to her. But he's talking to her with the knowledge of like she is not there and he needs to try to go get her back. Right. He and this like spectral Rie go to toast like to that and like, you know, clink their wine glasses together. When all of a sudden like the spectral Rie disappears and Ryu is just standing there holding his wine glass up in the air with no one. Which, right. I'll tell you, that's a sad moment. That's a sad, that's a raw moment, dude. And actually, that's Dave, cool. that is a that is a moment uh, that I, I okay, there is a has nothing to do with this episode. But one time years ago, when I was living in France, okay, and I had just gotten there and I hadn't met anybody yet, right? Okay. And so in my bedroom uh, where I was staying, which is like this dorm room, it was very small. Um, I right. was just like sitting there by myself, like reading a book or I was online or something. I mean, this was 2006 and I was having to like steal the Wi-Fi from a house across the street and two floors down. So the internet was not super good. So I was yeah, probably reading yeah. a book. So I was sitting there uh, having a drink because I had gotten myself a bottle of whiskey. No, I'm sorry. It was probably a bottle of Calvados because I was in Kong. Uh, anyway... Right. Uh, and I was so lonely that I wandered over to the mirror and clinked my shot glass against the mirror to simulate uh, the existence of a second person in the room who would be willing to share my company. 
So this was a moment, Dave, that really resonated with me. Jeez, Matt, we record a comedy podcast, dude. I don't need... Man. Oh. <laughs> um, Listen, Dave, this show has gotten very like glum, and I'm just trying to match it. So when we're watching it and having a good fun time, I'm telling jokes. When we're watching it and having an extremely sad time, I'll tell you about literally the loneliest moment of my life. Yeah, so... He sure does clink that glass, man. So, we oh, go by from the way, there to... Uh, a brief, brief other thing is it is her yeah. 22nd birthday. Oh, yeah. In, case, yeah, in yeah. case that is trivia that you are interested in. Um, yeah, in case you missed it, she did die in the flower of her youth. Yeah, so that's so a know. fun thing. <laughs> 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 so we go from there to town. <laughs> we go from town where we find out... <laughs> Where we find out that Maria is apparently not only a vampire. <laughs> Death in the flower for youth really did it for you, then, didn't it? You know, so, Dave, it was just, uh, it, it all just became a bit much for me. And I, I, that's the, sometimes you just that's gotta you process had. some stuff. Okay. okay. So. <laughs> We Just find uh, out that Maria... Me, you go on. Give me a second to compose myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do your thing, man. Uh, take a moment. Take a moment if you need to. So we go to town and we find you know, out... It's, it's cathartic sometimes. That Maria is, again, not only a vampire, but uh, she is a day walker. She is just out in the middle of the day. She's totally cool. She's dressed all in white. And I. Th- it looks at first like she's wearing a dress, but she's not. She is wearing like that very loose style of pant that if you're standing still looks like a dress and then as soon as you move, you realize it's pants. So this cop bumps into her kind of out of nowhere. Like this dude, like she's not by anything and there was nobody else around her. So this cop just literally had to be walking with his eyes closed. So he knocks into her. She falls. He's like, oh goodness, are you okay? And she like, Okay, what we get, there's like a visual cue every time she's about to eat a dude, and it is that we zoom in on Maria's face, and she smiles very slowly, and that's how you know that that dude is going to get dead. He's going to get dead due to exsanguination. So she sure. leads him into like a little secluded corner. Okay, now here's, here's the thing. In this show, I don't think yeah. we've ever seen anyone kiss have I we? think you are right. I mean, in a show that is so focused on romance, and I mean, honestly, you spent a lot of this show just flying around on the wings of love, up and above the, the clouds. Uh, man, I got the words wrong. I'm sorry. So, ah, isn't fine. it only the two of us? That there are there are multiple verses, Dave. Killing me, Smalls. Okay, do, so we can do well, another Matt, take if you want. Nope, that's cool. So <laughs> the moment we, the moment is gone. So yeah, we've never listened, man. Kissing would be inappropriate for a children's show, right? As opposed to all of the other stuff that we've seen, which is one hundred percent appropriate for a children's show. Anyway, so what's weird is this episode is called "The Kiss That Calls Death," like, but 
there is no kissing in this episode. Like, she grabs this guard and takes him into a, like, secluded area and just hugs him for a minute. And, like, very clearly you know what's supposed to be happening. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. But it is, like, it's weird that they don't just have them kiss. Yeah. So here's what we get is... Is I, I think that she's supposed to have like some sort of like hypnotic powers or something. I'm not totally sure. But we go from there. We see Akko and Raita jogging. And Raita is having trouble keeping up. And as they're, Akko is like, Raita, come on. Like, you got to freaking do it. And he's like, no, I'm so tired. And then the cop falls in front of them. Like yeah, he just he kind of collapses of from off camera. Yeah. And we zoom in on his neck. And they did not do a good job on the makeup for those bite marks at all. I mean, it's, and not, then, it's not perfect. That's, yeah, it's, that is a, certainly a true way to state that, Matt. It is not perfect. So, in fact, I mean, it's, it's extremely far from perfect. <laughs> so we go from there, and Maria is just sitting around, looks totally fine, but some dude walks by her and says, like, hey, are you all right? Which she seems fine, but whatever. And then we kind of flip back to Anko and Raita, and the cop just turns to dust. Yeah, like, he is there one moment, and then there's, like, sort of a choppy camera cut, Natch. Yep. Uh, Bro just dissolves. Yeah, like, it is just his clothes, and they are smoking and empty. Yep. So, Maria then, we flash over, and we see Maria kills that other dude, the other dude that she just said hi to, and then she, like... Then she starts freaking out. Like, I'm not totally sure what's happening, but maybe the idea is that she has, like, realized something and, like, oh, goodness, no, I'm turning into a terrible monster. That's worse than a Viram commander, I guess. Right. And so she I'm starts, like, about sort that. of running and stumbling, and she falls against this tree, and you can see, like, her fingernails start to grow into claws. And yes. like, these marks start to show up on her face. And as this is happening, it's cutting to the Viram dimension, where Radigat is, like, laughing his head off. Yeah. And what we here's where we find out that not only is Maria going to turn into a demon beast, she is going to lose her will entirely. Right. She is going to be, like, a monster puppet for Radigat. And Grey is, like, shocked and furious. And he leaves yeah. immediately. Like, I kind of dig this, man, because I get, you get the idea from Gray. He's super pissed, not only because he likes Maria, but that Gray seems to have some idea uh, that, like, hey, man, I know we're all villains. He's like a noble villain. Like, he definitely wants to kill the Jetmen, but he has, like, an esprit de corps, at least, about being a Viram. That Radigat clearly does not share. That is 100% However, true. Yeah. Yeah. So as Gray is leaving, Radigat starts spazzing out. Like he's freaking out and he's like shooting off this red electricity. So we're not exactly sure what's happening. Maybe just like the power is too much for his form or something. But yeah, could we, he's could clearly having there without much like exposition. But he sort of is coruscating energy and falls over. So from there, cut back to the park where Maria right. has now sort of transformed. It's not like a it's not a huge transformation. She's got like weird eye makeup and some markings on her face and these claws on her fingernails and like these horns that are coming out of her forehead. Like yeah, they're like, they're like, like but, horns. 
<laughs> What's <laughs> awesome is that okay? So you know that she she if you guys don't remember, uh, Maria dresses like someone from the Mushroom Kingdom. She has got like a giant Mushroom Kingdom hat, and so yes. she has horns. But the horns could not go up because they would hit her big stupid hat. But they're like, well, we got to do horns, right? And so she has horns and they just like curve down in front of her face, which is the worst place for horns. And then, yeah, she's got like weird makeup y veins and then like eye makeup and then she's got these claws. And like, that's it. That's her whole thing so far. That is her like crazy demon beast form, which seems right. kind of weak, but you know, whatever. So, uh, so Gray, Gray shows up. And he yeah. says, like, listen, Maria, you have to stop. Like, like here's because, the deal. Yeah, like, you are being manipulated. Like, Radigat is going to turn you into a mindless beast. Um, like, it's cool. Like, just just chill. You don't need to yeah. do this. She freaks out, and I blasts him. He kind of, he's like, oh, gee. He stands back up. He's like, no, like, I get it. That wasn't you. That wasn't you, baby. That was the demon beast talking but I do want to help you. She says, no, I am going to become so powerful. I'm going to kill the Jetman. And she like fades out. And then we cut from there to incongruously a super fun, like carnival fun ride. And there's just like people laughing and they're on rides and going through like, you know, eating cotton candy and doing all of like the fun summary stuff. Yeah. Fun montage. It's a fun montage. So guy is there. We find out this is why we're here. It's because guy is here. Guy is there. Hanging out with two girls again. I'm going to be honest, I'm not paying close enough attention to see if these are the same two girls every time. It's not great either way. If it's two different girls, that's bad. If it's the same two girls, that's also really bad. Guy, you are... Because the, theoretically, Guy is still in a committed relationship with Kauri. Although, honestly, dude, like we haven't seen that in a while. And the last time that we referenced it, they were on the rocks. I guess but like we've seen literally every other aspect of their relationship are they not going to give us the breakup if they are in fact no that makes sense you never see the last 15 seconds of the scene yeah they're probably broken up (laughs) so these two girls whatever they're two ambiguous relationship status girls they walk up and they're like oh guy we've got to go check out the fun house like let's go see the maze of mirrors and guy is like oh my gosh why did i take these two girls to the fun house because but he says, like, okay, even even if he is broken up with Kauri, I feel like now that he has had like an adult relationship and is now going yeah. back to hang out <laughs> with these two girls at the carnival, it's like, it's just like you, oh my gosh, what are what you am I doing? doing this? Why are you dragging me into this hall of mirrors? So they he but he does he goes with her into the hall of mirrors, and they sort of like run off ahead of him, so he's alone, and he sees. We know clearly it's Maria. And Guy just says, wow, this place is full of women. Which, and then, like, dude, there are mirrors. This place is full of women. Yeah. But then, okay. So, dude, again, it's a house of mirrors. This is where, this is why I think Maria maybe is supposed to have, like, hypnotic powers or something. Because she throws a little juju, it seems like. But not really. And then she walks up and she hugs Guy. And Guy says, wow, she sure is convincing. As though he thinks it's part of the illusion. No, no. Here's the deal. I do not think that he said she is convincing because it was part of the illusion. I think that he said is like, oh, she is doing a very good job of convincing me that we should be hugging right now. Oh, no. Because, okay, well, I mean, whichever. Either way, guy, it's a we... uh, Whatever. So... 
she's about to put the bite on him and he sort of immediately like it's not really clear how but he realizes like what's happening so he pushes her away and then she kind of tips her head up and he sees underneath the hat and he says oh holy it's you and then he jumps out of the fun house right. <laughs> like that's just the next shot is just Which him I in midair i dude i love the jump teleport i used to it used to drive me crazy i've just embraced it now and I especially love it this time because he's in a like a maze of mirrors, and I really thought that there was going to be something where like he was trying to escape, right? But this because would... he was caught in this maze of mirrors. It's like, no, nah, <laughs> no, nah, nah, that's been not a problem. He just jumps outside to have a mirror fight. So as soon as he's outside, guy jumps on the cross changer, calls for help. We have a f- quick flashback to Viram Dimension, where Radigat is still freaking out. I don't know if this is supposed to have been just one continuous freak, maybe. Man, it is literally impossible to tell. Okay, so Guy and Marie are fighting. Jetmen arrive, and then there's an earthquake. Maria just straight up throws Guy off of a bridge. Oh he yeah, falls like two that. stories and lands on his back, and then just but gets cool. up as the other Jetmen arrive, and is like, "Oh hey guys, good to see you. I'm glad that you arrived." Okay, so there's an earthquake. And then there's explosion. This is like not local. This is the whole city. Explosions. Buildings are exploding. A chasm appears in the earth. And then we do, it's like a super quick shot, but a dude just straight falls in. Oh yeah. One person is swallowed up by the earth. I mean, <laughs> so, at least one person. One representative minimum person. One. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So then a biodimensional beast appears, or I don't think it's actually a biodimensional beast because it's not, like a thing combined with a thing, it's just a crazy monster. Did it does look real neat, though. Uh, they gave us a name, but I forgot to write it down, and I don't remember what it was. So it's just, um, it's like a giant evil armored praying mantis. More evil than praying mantis are normally. Yeah. I'm, dude, I'm grasping at straws. It's like a weird, it's a weird monster, it, except its head is not. Monster. Just look it up. Look up the episode. Anyway, so it's this crazy monster. Then we get a shot of it's. Oh, sorry. So that monster appears. She freaks out. She says, "Jetman, like you have to. You have got to leave. There's a biodimensional beast." Guy says to Ryu, "You handle her. We will go deal with this thing." Which I really like because Guy recognizes, like, oh, like Ryu obviously is going to want to stay. Yes, like, like he's can- down. He gets it now. Yeah. He which is, is pretty awesome. Like, they are good enough friends and have known each other for long enough that Guy immediately is just like, okay, I'm, I'm reading the room, unlike Akko ever can. I know that you want to stay here to try to save, like, your sort of maybe dead ex-girlfriend, currently fiancé. This situation is very complex, and I'm not quite sure that I remember how it all goes. Um, but I'm just going to go get in that giant robot and punch that giant monster. You deal with your personal stuff. Because that's what I understand. So Ryu, try- he's like, this whole fight basically is Ryu getting punched and yelling at her to remember like who she is. Okay. We get a couple of flashback shots from Ryu. It's the same few shots we've seen over and over again. Ryu just, just loving down that warm milk. Rie playing the piano. You know, sort of this like, goes you know, on for a little bit. You know, hecking around in a park doing whatever. Yeah, she, I don't know. There's like this one stupid scene and they've shown it to us like four times where she has a red bandana and he's pretending to be scene? a bull. 
It's May- I very, don't know. Okay, so she has this red bandana that she either like takes out of her hair or pulls out of her pocket. And she it's holds his it bandana. She oh, takes it out right. of his pocket. Yeah. And she holds it up as though like she is a matador and it is a cape. And then he like Ryu jumps in the air in slow motion and like uh I guess what is meant to be like a playful like hopping around, but the slow motion makes it look really weird, especially because he's holding his like fingers up to his head to like imitate bullhorns and then he well, just chases her around. It wouldn't be as weird except the show has trained us that anytime Ryu jumps in slow motion, something very serious is about to happen, and he's just messing around with Rie. So he is like yelling to her. He's like, he he eventually cross changes to like, you know, try and handle this. And Maria just says, You're an idiot. This is, I'm, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to kill you. Now behold the power of my true form. And it's this huge buildup. And then she just does, it's like, we even get a slow-mo shot of it happening, and it's the same form we saw before. It is literally like, the exact same. She doesn't She doesn't have a demon beast form or whatever. It's just the same stupid makeup we saw t- five minutes ago. So, like, I was really hoping for some sort of, I don't know, evil, I don't know. I wanted it to be cooler. It was dumb. It's weird. For a show that puts so much, like, unnecessary effort into making things good, the things that they choose to be lazy about are baffling. I, dude, it doesn't make any friggin' sense to me. So, we, we go to the giant robot. It's Jet Icarus versus this monster. They do Shot Puncher. Useless. Does nothing. Just bounces off. Guy realizes, like, okay, man, I gotta stop messing around. They break out the Burdonic Saber... They hit this monster with the Bradonic Saber. Bradonic Saber just breaks. And, you know, I am becoming increasingly convinced that the Bradonic Saber is kind of flimsy. Because I swear this is the seventh time we have seen the Bradonic Saber break in the course of this show. (laughs) So Ryu, not Ryu, Guy. Guy, he's like, all right, man, we just have to, like, end this right now. Calls for Jet Guru to, to launch, and they just like they just go right into Great Scramble. There's no messing around. And I appreciate that Guy recognizes the seriousness of whatever this situation is. So we cut, we're cutting back and forth between the Ryu-Maria fight and the fight with the Great Icarus. You know, yeah, Maria yeah, and yeah, Ryu yeah. fight it's, for a bit. Um, it's kind of going back and forth. We cut back to Great Icarus, and Guy says, All right, like Bird Mazer, let's do this. So they fire off the bird maser, right? And, like, do you remember when they fired it at Veronica and Veronica pulled up, like, this big shield and was able to block it? This yeah. monster does not even do that. It just, like, it walks literally... straight through it and basically does not notice that bird maser is going on around it. Yeah, dude. So it, wa- it like, it strolls through bird maser and just walks up and straight punches a hole through Great Icarus. <laughs> And it looks really like, like a slow and lazy punch. Like it just poked it in the chest and broke through its cavity. Yeah, dude. It's not... I don't know what's up with this monster. Like this monster is so... It's defeating Great Icarus so easily. This almost makes me feel as though it's like some sort of like crazy mind trap illusion or something. I don't know. I just... I literally... It just seems weird that like it's just nothing... Because, like, this monster... Oh, sorry. By the way, we've never seen this monster before. This There's no explanation. Radigat doesn't say something about, like, oh, I'm going to, like, send this monster to finish off the Jetman. 
We don't see a beast transformation. It literally just appears downtown and starts wrecking house. Yeah, it appears already giant-sized downtown, ignores all attacks, and then just pokes a giant hole in Jet Icarus. Or, I'm sorry, Great Icarus. Yeah, so... Okay. So that's pretty bad. Uh, yup! So we, we cut back to the Maria and Ryu fight, and Ryu goes back to his old phrase, which is, I'm going to take you back to Sky Camp with me, even if I have to knock you unconscious first. Right. So he, like takes a running jump. He, like, jumps over her. As he shoots her with his bird blaster, he yells, Regain your love, Rie! And when he lands, he turns around, and she has turned back into Rie. Which seems like a real, like... Like, it worked. You know that in that moment, Ryu had to be... Ryu had to be thinking, like, son of a gun. I should have shouted that while shooting her with a laser six months ago. <laughs> okay, well, clearly here's the thing, this though. was the magic move, and I got it. Well, last time that she turned back into Rie was also she had just gotten like hammered with something. I forget what, but I think that's why he's not like shooting her out of for no reason. Like he's remembering this other thing that had happened. So Ryu is crazy stoked. He like runs over. He says, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's you. Like, thank goodness. She she turns back. She's like, Ryu, what have I done? Like, what's happening? They go in for the hug. And this, I thought, was an awesome moment. It's just still Maria. Yeah, it's a complete like, fake out. Like, she has figured out, like, what, like, weird transformation she can do to, like, revert to some previous form. She completely snookers Ryu. She says something about, like, taste my true power, and she hits him with the sand dollar now. Yeah, so now Ryu is running around with this crazy sand dollar stuck to his throat, just, like, shouting and clawing at his neck. Yup. We go to Great Icarus. Great Icarus just collapses. The guy yells, like, everybody abandon Great Icarus. Like, we're out. So the Jetman run. We go back to Ryu. Still runs, stumbling, screaming, freaking out, clutching at his neck. And then he also turns into like a crazy demon beast, like with the claws and the stupid horns and the, the vein things. And that is the end of the episode. The cliffhanger That's is it. that Ryu is now a crazy, like dimensional vampire. And Great Icarus has been defeated so thoroughly um, that we're not sure what they can do. Yep. We got three episodes left. See what's up, man. Okay, so Dave, what was your high point of this episode? Matt, I think my high point, it's not like a high moment in the episode, so much as just like a thing about it, is that Maria is a vampire now? <laughs> it's, I just, you know, it's okay, so, so here's, great. here's why it's amazing is that not only is she a vampire, that all the scenes in which you see her being like real vampire y, are very obviously goofs on classic vampire movies. Like she's standing alone in the dark or in the, in the daytime sometime, and she's like wearing like a red dress with like a rose and a big hat. And she's just like somebody just wanted to make a little vampire movie and they snuck it into Jetman. So that's my moment. How about you? You got a high point? Um, Let's see. Gosh, my high point this episode... You know what? I'm going to say that my high point in this episode was Gray. 
Like when he Ooh, that's solid. What was that's good, good, good. And like went to try to go save Maria. I thought that was a really cool moment for a character that I've honestly come to like a whole lot more than I thought I was going to. And I thought I, I was know, like Gray a lot. is rad, dude. No, I'm super into Gray. Uh, so what is your low point? My low point has gotta be Ryu's like soul crushing birthday dinner for Rie. Like, I just like it was just legit sad, man. Like, that's not a funny joke. Like, I just watched it and I felt sad in my heart. It was It was not cool. <laughs> it was a rough go there for a minute. For the old Super Sentai bros. So, uh, how about you, man? You got a low point for this. You can use that one, too. It was a low point. It was a low point. Actually, you know what I'm going to use as a low point is that, listen, as I as previously stated, I am all about people becoming vampires in Super Sentai shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, in anything, if you can throw in like a cool vampire episode, I am into it. I was sort of bummed that, like, the one episode where Maria is going, like, full, like, monster evil, they fell back on, like, an evil seductress trope. I thought they could... Oh, uh, okay. I, like, no, yeah, it's, that's legit. It could have been cooler. It's lazy. It's overdone. They could have done something a lot cooler. Um, and, you know, it's just... Yeah, it was, it was sort of a bummer that that is what they landed on, but... Nah, I gotcha. Everything else about her being a vampire was great. Uh, totally that, was. that part was just a little sour for me. Um, but I think, Dave, I think that is going to do it for the episode. Do you have anything else to say? I'm good, man. Then that is going to do it for another episode of The Jetman with a Golden Gun. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Uh, we're also on Stitcher and, I don't know, maybe SoundCloud? We could be on SoundCloud. There's a, there's a chance. Might be. I don't know. Anyways. Anyway, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. We are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week.